Welcome into Moving the Chains. I'm Kevin Thomas alongside Jarrell Hendricks. Got a great interview lined up for you guys today. The head coach of the James Island Trojans, Jamar McCoy. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Feeling good. Uh, thanks for having me on. Well, we appreciate your time. We really do. If this is you guys' first time tuning in, please give us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Moving Chains, our website, movingchains.com. Also, our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. So, Coach, you're in your third season here as head coach of the Trojans. You're 9-1 on the year in the 2022 Region 7-4A champs. Let's start with your coaching career. Where did you get started and where were you before James Island? Um, so, I, I got my, my first football coaching job at Chiefland High School in Chiefland, Florida. I was uh, I took a little time off of college. Uh, and uh, down in 02, the fall of 02, I, I took a wide receiving coaching job at Chiefland High School. Um Coached that season, and, and in January, I went back to school to North Carolina Central from Mars Hill. I uh, played for Rob Broadway, um, one of the coaching greats at North Carolina Central. And from there, I graduated, and I started off in corporate America working at Target once I got my degree uh, in 2006. And I got my degree in political science, and I always loved politics, but I was working at Target the recession hit and, you know, you know, the saying, you know, uh, last one hired the first fire. So uh, I was cut loose, uh, had a nice little severance package and uh, got into education and, and still had the yearning to coach. And one of my good friends, uh, one of my teammates growing up, Tyson Graham, uh, invited me to come coach middle school ball. And it just kind of took off from there. And we went from uh, from Greer uh, Middle School to Ashbrook High School, where I coached for uh, a fellow by the name of Greg Hill, who's the current coach at North Myrtle Beach High School. And uh, I was a wide receiver coach for him. And uh, coach, uh, the following year, I got the head coaching job in 2014 at my alma mater, Hunter Huss High School. And uh, just, you know, took that program, turned it around. And I've been fortunate uh, to, to get this job here in 2020. And, you know, the rest is, you know, it's been history, as they say. All right, Coach, let's take a look back at last week. You sealed up that region, that number one seed, with a victory over Lucy Beckham in a 33-7 ball game. Um, what did you guys do successful on Friday night, you know, in order to, to, to win that game in such convincing fashion? Um, I think what we do well um, offensively um, make adjustments. So we, we have some guys that, um, that know the game, that's played the game at a high level, that um, you know, see things and, and and understand how it fits into what we do well, and we're able to adjust on the fly and attack people at their at their weak point. Those guys upstairs diagnose it really fast and and speak it down to me in the headset, and um, and I spread it amongst the guys that that are on the ground floor. And you know, we get it out to our quarterback, get it out to the offense, make adjustments, and you know, we're, we're able to hit people where it hurts, um, as they say. And defensively, uh, our D.C. played in the NFL for six years with the Redskins. Um, Coach Blaze, uh, you know, he he diagnosed his offenses really fast and have our defense playing fast and physical at all times. So, um, you know, Lucy Beckham, uh, Coach Smith had those guys ready to play us a rival game. So, you know, um, no, no matter the talent level at a, at a, during a rival game, Kids are up, ready to play, and um, you know it was it was one of those things. The you know Lucy Becker had nothing to lose, and they came over with their hair on fire, and they they played great ball. 
So, Coach, for folks who haven't been able to see you guys play down there at James Island, what kind of schemes do you like to run on offense and defense? And then do you call plays for either side of the ball? Yeah, I absolutely do. I, I call offensive plays. Um, and, you know, we we are um, a balanced attack team. We're about 50-50 run pass. Uh, we got some great talent out wide, and we got some great talent uh, down in the trenches, some young great talent in the trenches, and uh, some great uh, running backs. You know, we got a three-headed monster at running back, and all of them are underclassmen. And they're, they're just now starting to fill their roles and really understand the offense. And, I mean, they've been doing well all season, but now it's starting to click, and you can see the light bulb go off with these kids. And, they, I mean, I'm just proud of the progression they've made. Um, I, I've said earlier to other media outlets that I was surprised at how fast we came along. You know, I, I knew we would eventually get to this point, but I didn't know it was going to happen this fast. And uh, I'm proud of the kids uh, just hanging in there. Uh, fighting every day and grinding every day because it's not easy, but, you know, it's necessary. So, Coach, you mentioned you're calling that offense. You guys are putting up close to 44 points a game. And then Coach Blades' defense, you guys are holding teams under seven points per game there. Uh, who are some of the key players? You mentioned that three-headed monster you got in the backfield, but who are some other key players um, that have helped you get off to this this awesome season? Um, you know, um, our starting quarterback, Braxton Scott, uh, went down game three, and uh, his backup, Liam Nixon, who's a senior, has stepped in and done an absolute marvelous job, you know, better than anyone could expect it. And, I mean, he's pulled this offense right along, and we hadn't lost a beat. Um, so, Liam Nixon, um, we have uh, an absolute dynamite receiver in Wushy Ravenel. I mean, he's he's nearing the thousand yard mark on the season uh, with 13 touchdowns. Um, you know, the other day we was doing our region um, awards meeting, and you know we put him up for an award. And I believe um, the stat came down that every other time Wushy touches the ball, he scores. Uh, in the region, he had uh, 12 catches and six touchdowns on the season. Uh, 33 catches and 13 touchdowns. So, I mean, Wushy's output is absolutely marvelous with, you know, 850-plus yards on the season. So, um, you know, he's absolutely dynamite. I'll put Wushy up against any receiver in the state. Uh, he's just that good. And um, I have several kids on the ACC level, uh, Conference USA level. Um, I got one in the Ivy Leagues. I've, I've seen Division One talent, and Wushy is Division One talent. Um, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, Walker Woodall's the man in the middle, absolutely holding it down. Uh, Jamoy's our, our, our safety, uh, a hybrid safety that, that plays a little outside linebacker, a little safety, and he come up and absolutely knocked the numbers off the jersey. He was All-State last year. Jaden Whaley uh, hasn't given up a touchdown all season out at the corner. Um, you know, our, our D-line with Ty Maxwell and, um, and, and, and Dalton Woodall and Hendricks Barron. Like, I mean, and Cam Williams, they absolutely have been holding it down in the trenches. And, you know, their number, their ticket is going to get called this Friday because, you know, York has a great, great quarterback that, um, you know, that can get it done with his legs. So, you know, they, they, they got a big job ahead of them on Friday night. You took over a program that had won just eight games in the previous four years combined before you got there. What were some things you had to change and implement you know, day one when you took over the Trojans program? You got to change that mindset, man. Uh, 
and and it's it's rough to say, but I mean, just being straightforward, when when you lose a lot, you feel like you're a loser. So you got to change that mindset. That was that was the first thing. Like you know, let them know. Like I believe in you. You got to speak life into them. I believe in you. You, you got to believe in me and what I'm telling you to do, and it's gonna work out in the end. Uh, you're a winner. You know, you're a champion. And if you go back and look at that first year, we go into double overtime with Bishop England, and Years prior, you could watch film and watch those kids when they get down in the game and hit, hang their heads like, man, it's over. And it's just the first quarter. It's just 7-0, man. We got we got three more quarters, man. We come back and win, you know. So so you, you got to teach them how to win. So, you know, teaching them how to win and watching them fight through adversity and grow, um, you know, are some of the things, you know, and consistency. Those are the things that the kids need most. And it's what we gave them. And and it has been a joy to see from fall 2020 to fall 2022 uh, how much they've progressed and how much they've grown. So how much of that we were able to bring from Hunter Huss High School up in North Carolina with you when you were changing that culture down at James Island? Well, you, you definitely want to lean on all your experiences, um, whether it's from Hunter Huss, from Ashbrook, from Chiefland High School, uh, or just working in a corporate world, you know, um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure both of you can attest, you know, in your, you know, working careers, you might see something and, and try to figure out how to get the better of it and it gets the better of you, but you still have to keep going. And um, that's, you know, exactly just lean on your experiences to, to do better. You know, uh, we tell the kids, you know, failure is one of the greatest things that can happen because in failure, you get the opportunity to be consistent and get back up and try it again and and, and pass it the next time. So, you know, um, there's opportunity and growth and uh, when we when we fail and when we fall. So, you know, you, you always want to tell the kids that, you know, uh, there's sometimes that we're not going to get the outcome that we want, but it's also a learning experience. So, we want to just grow on all the experiences that we've had in the past and kind of that's that's kind of how I operate with the experiences that I've had in the past. I try to just lean on those and, and teach my staff and my the kids that I uh, that I work with. You know, this is I've seen this before. This is how we can defeat this. And, you know, uh, either we do it, or we don't. But, you know, we're doing it together. So. You know, you may fail, but fall still fighting. And, and I mean, the kids believe in it, and we rock and roll together. Talk about changing the culture and just kind of turning the program around. You know, this is a level of success that these kids haven't really seen before, you know, this season. Has it been tough to kind of keep them focused and on the, like, you know, you know, just keep some blinders on, like, hey, don't get lost in what's going on. we got a long way to go here as the season gets going. Actually, believe it or not, it hasn't been tough to keep them focused because I warned them of this. Uh, March, April, May. I'm like, hey guys, we're gonna be good this fall. Watch, like the way you hit in the weight room, the way you coming together. Um, and I, the last time I told them to be ready for this type of success, we were up at camp at Hampton, Sydney, in Virginia, and I saw the team just merge together even more. So I was like, oh, buddy. I said, man, this is, I knew, I knew, I said, man, this, this is a great thing. And I told him, I said, guys, when we're, we're in Hampton, Sydney's home locker room, playing ping pong, they had a big old table. And, you know, I was playing ping pong to some of the kids, Coach McCoy, you far as gump. I was like, no, <laughs> we're just having a good time. 
and, and I saw them kids, and, and you might think we're crazy, but all the kids kind of meshed together to find somebody to beat me in ping pong. And just in that moment, I knew, I said, these boys have grown together. Like, they, they, they're glue. They're glue. Like, they, they come together to beat a common opponent. I was like, and, and they don't, they didn't even see it. So I had to let them know, like, this is what I've seen. This is how I know you guys are going to be great this fall. And it's just the little things that you want to build on brick by brick by brick until, you know, you get that foundation laid, that house built. And I, I've seen it with these kids and, and I warned them. So, you know, and you constantly let them know every week, like, hey, man, you know, stay focused, lock in. Like, that's a term you hear around our facilities all the time. You hear the kids say, lock in. You can walk around the building and a kid might be doing something out of place. And, you know, you get a kid off the leadership council, hey, man, lock in. And, and they know that term, you know, uh, you know, that get focused, keep get your mind right. You know, you got a task at hand. Let's complete this task. And, um, you know, the, the kids have, have really stayed focused and kept their eye on the prize. So um, the, I'm, I'm proud of the kids and, you know, and, and staying focused and, and staying locked in, tuned in to the task at hand. So we're based in the upstate, so we're a part of this number. But you play your home field games, and it's got one of the best nicknames in the state. It's called the Backyard. So backyard. we definitely want to get down there. What's the atmosphere like like that, you know, at the backyard on a Friday night? Man, it's electric, man. <laughs> it's electric. So, you know, I, I come from a place at Hunter Hust, man, where we would see, you know, maybe 1,000 to 1,500 folk on a, on a Friday night. If it's a big game versus Kings Mountain or Shelby, you know, we, we, might, we could easily have double that. But here, man, you know, we're seeing five, 6,000 people pack our stadium out. Um, man, you looking at 400 kids in the student section absolutely going nuts. Wow. I mean, they're crowd surfing, uh, popping the, the beach ball up. It, I mean, it's it's wild up there, you know. So, um, and, and I the, the kids enjoy it, you know. So, um, just, just to be in that atmosphere with, excuse me, with the people, the fans, the parents, um, you know, it's the total, the island, man, it's a buy-in from the entire island. We say PTI, protect the island. And it's, it's not a phrase. It's a motto that we live by. And, um, you know, the, the the island has bought into it, too. So, you know, the island is shutting down, coming to the games on Friday night. It's a beautiful thing to see. Well, Coach, you guys have won your first region title since 95. I think you'll be hosting your first playoff game since 2000, which was Roddy White's senior year. I believe if I got that right there. You're playing the York Cougars, Coach Dean Boyd there, always a tough team there. What will it take you to win this Friday night in round one? It's going to take some consistency. We're, we're going to have to play James Island style football uh, and not deviate from it. We're going to have to uh, definitely um, shut down that quarterback. I, I'm not sure of his name, but he wears jersey number one. But uh, he he kind of uh, – Grease the wheels. He he he's he's that gasoline in the car that makes the car go. Uh, he he does it with his legs. So he he can go left. He can go right, and and you know disappear and reappear down the field. So we we got to keep an eye on him, keep him boxed in, uh, and take him away from from York. Uh, so you know we we definitely got our eyes set square on him and we're going to try to X him out of the ball game, you know, so we, we can't let him beat us. 
you know, he he's he's a talent. And, uh, you know, uh, hats off to the excellent season that he's had, but he he's gonna have to be the one we stop. So if we stop him, I believe we can win the ball game. All right, coach, we'll take you off the hot seat for a little bit here. You're I don't I don't know your ritual before the game. If you're in the locker room, or if you're an office guy, or, or what it is. Uh, but you're getting ready. You guys are going out to the backyard. It's it's a full crowd. What's in that pregame playlist before you hit the field? <laughs> um, definitely some Jay Z. Okay. Um, yeah, for sure. Like Jay Z's always in the headphones, or some Rick Ross, and uh, you know we 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 definitely rocking with them too for sure. I got my Red Bull in hand, and I'm definitely in the locker room with the kids. I I. Like, seriously, during the day, during the nine-to-five day, like, I'm definitely in my office breaking film, uh, just doing office stuff. But on a Friday night, like, once we come back from pregame meal, like, I'm in the locker room with the boys. Like, I, I just – I like being amongst them. I, I, I feel like, you know, I'm them, they're me. And, I mean, we're, we're one. And, and they'll tell you that, you know, Coach McCoy's in the locker room with us, grooving with us, listening – to the music they got on the on the uh, speaker system in there, so I mean, you know, like I'm I'm definitely always in the locker room with them boys pregame for sure. Uh, but definitely, if I had my headphones on, it's Jay Z or Rick Ross. So you're not so you're not taking over this the system, right? So you're listening to the young boys and the little babies and stuff like that. But the headphones has got the Jay Z and Rick Ross. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like <laughs> I, I, I let them boys have have their way. I mean, that's that's their world. I try to just make sure that they're safe and they're not doing nothing to burn the place down. <laughs> Whatever they listen to, I just say, man, if it's crazy, just don't film it and have us looking wild on social media somewhere. But uh, I definitely kind of, that's their world. That's their time to, to be amongst themselves and do what they need to do to get prepared uh, to go to battle on Friday night. So, uh, you know, it's it's some music played in there that I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, I wouldn't listen to. <laughs> you know, it's it, I let them have it. I, I let them be them. You know, um, there there are not too too many places in this world nowadays where kids can just be kids. Um, and I know this kind of left field, but it, it's a lot of violence going on in the world today that our kids see firsthand. Uh, that I I hate that they're privy to. Um, you know, we just we just lost a, a, another young star and take off with the Migos. And, you know, the kids heard about it as soon as they got up this morning because the cell phones. So, you know, it, it's, it's violence all around. So in, in that moment before the game, I just want the kids to, to have a ball, enjoy themselves to to a certain extent and just be able to, you know, kind of let their hair down. And if that's how they prepare for the game, that's how they prepare. prepare. Some kids in there, they got their headphones on, they lay down and 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 watching film. Other kids, you know, they're just kind of bouncing around ready. So I just kind of let them be them, you know, in that locker room space. Love it. I've seen that you're a big fan of Mandy Matney and the Murdoch Murders podcast, coaches. That's not just the craziest saga you ever heard of. The absolute craziest saga ever. Um I you can't know, get enough myself. I cannot get enough of it. Uh, do, do, do you listen to the podcast? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. It's the greatest thing ever. The absolute greatest thing. Um, you know, I got my fingers crossed that uh, soon uh, I'll be able to get on the podcast. And, oh. Uh, 
kind of like this, but I absolutely love the Murdoch Murders podcast. Uh, Mandy Matney, David Moses, Liz Farrell. Uh, you know, I think it's the absolute greatest thing. Um, I listen to it all the time. Like, I mean, it's it's the saga is crazy, and just, and and to know what's happening right here, like yeah, you're right, you're right <laughs> in the backyard. <laughs> is I mean, it's and just to hear the stories and the different things, the twists and the turns, it's, I mean, it's crazy. It's like, wow, like this stuff is really happening. So, you know, um, yeah, that like, that's, that, that, that's like my, my guilty pleasure, like <laughs> true crime and uh, the Murdoch Murders podcast has me hooked and I'm, I'm hooked. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Coach, you mentioned earlier in the interview that you're a North Carolina Central grad. Um, it's just so cool to see we had college game day at Jackson State last week with with Dion. You know, can you just explain to the listeners what it means to to be an HBCU grad? And you're also a member of Omega Psi Phi, like what that means to you and uh, your development as a man. Um, so, you know, going to HBCU taught me a lot. Um, I started off at Mars Hill, which is a PWI, and I learned a lot there with Coach Clifton and the, and the staff there. Um, but when I transferred out, you know, um, I began to mature and grow more. And, you know, I landed at North Carolina Central University. And I think it's one of the best decisions of my life. Um, learned a lot, grew a lot, uh, got my degree, um, joined Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. I, I, I learned uh, a tremendous amount with Omega Sci-Fi. I ran for national office, won a national office, and, um sat on the Supreme Council, which is the governing board of our fraternity uh, for two years. And then I was uh, hired for two more years after that uh, as the undergrad development officer, which is like the liaison between the undergrad chapters at colleges and the, uh, and the fraternity headquarters. Um, you know, to me, um, going to HBCU was the growth that I needed. Um, the 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 piece of the culture that that I might have missed growing up, um, I was able to to grab and hold on to uh, by graduating and attending uh, North Carolina Central University. Some of my best friends in life uh, I met at North Carolina Central University. So you know it's 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 just a wonderful wonderful thing to to be an HBCU grad and look at Neon Dion uh and game day at Jackson State and some of the cultural awareness that um Deion Sanders brings uh, to the table some of his political awareness like the water crisis that was happening in Jackson um I'm not sure if it's still ongoing it, it most likely is but I, I mean he, he his celebrity he can lend his celebrity to all sorts of things and, and shine a light on uh the stigmas and, and some of the, the 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 things that are not necessarily true about HBCU. So hats off to Deion Sanders and the wonderful job he's doing. So coach, we talked about you guys are you know making some history this year. First region title is ninety five, things like that. Have you gotten any uh, congratulations texts from uh, Roddy White or Tony Elliott this weekend? Uh, Roddy White uh, reached out. Uh, I hadn't spoken to the coach Elliott. Um, I generally speak to Coach Elliott in the offseason. Me and yeah. him a two or three times. Uh, I ran into Coach Elliott uh, last, I want to say, March or April of this year at one of the coaching clinics. Um, but I generally see him, and 
if he sees me first, he stops what he's doing and come pull me. And, uh, and if I see him, I always stop and, and, and speak, peek my head in a room where he might be doing a clinic or something. Um, both are absolutely cool guys. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm sure I'll hear from Coach Elliott soon, but um, have heard from Roddy White. He's proud. Uh, and, you know, he's out in Atlanta still. So, but um, both both really good guys, and they, they're happy to see what a program is uh, and, and from where it was at to where it is now. So it's pretty, pretty cool. Two great James Allen guys. You know, Drill and I are Clemson guys, so we've loved Coach Elliott for a long time. And I'm a big Falcons fan as well, so love watching Roddy do his thing over the years uh, there in the old Georgia Dome as also. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Kevin's fanboying right now since you're bringing up Roddy White. So you might ask him for his phone number or something after the interview, so be prepared for that. Uh, but another one, this is a staple here here on our show. We got to ask you, Charleston is turning into a food mecca in the United States. What are some favorite places you like to go eat, you know, maybe take the family out um, down there James Island? Man, my family and I love, love, love Gillies. Oh, my goodness. Gillies on Folly Road is absolutely one of our favorite places. Um, Charleston Crab House. Oh, my goodness. Uh, they have these stuffed mushrooms at the Charleston Crab House. My okay. absolute favorite. My absolute favorite. Um, let me see. Um, who? <laughs> Getting some input here. I love it. Ball shop Okay, I'm saying it wrong. Never mind. Who? <laughs> you got, you got the phone to friend going on. I love it. She wants you to take her to Halls. That's what she's doing. Oh, say Hall. Yeah. So, so Halls. Halls is good. Um, Halls is good. Uh, there's another. The Oak Steakhouse. Oh, Oak Steakhouse. There we go. Of Oak Steakhouse. Um, on the expensive side, but good. Oh, yeah. um, but de definitely uh, the Crab House and um, oh and oh Martin's Martin's Barbecue okay. down home quick good oh my goodness y'all gotta go see I gotta go down and, and holler at my people at Martin's now okay come to the Low Country we need to do a food tour y'all just call me I'm in I'm in. <laughs> I'm telling you, and we, the first place we gonna go, we gonna see our people at Martin's. Martin's, uh, you know, they got some good adult beverages. Okay. Uh, and they got some good barbecue. They got some good Q. And I pride myself on good Q because because I like to cook a little barbecue myself. Okay. Come okay. on, coach. Now I'm telling you, my and, and, hey, my boys, I tell you now, we I cook up some barbecue. Um, You're an omega man. You gotta know how to, you know how to be good on that grill, right? I'm to hey look, don't ask me to ask, ask the people at the school. Like I done cooked for the school a couple times. And they they love it. Now I ain't I ain't took my own horn too too. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Well, we got a couple more here for coach. We'll let you go. Um right. Yeah. You know, I know you guys didn't have any guys make the all-star team, you know, right. trial ball, stuff like that. You're pretty fired up on Twitter. How have you kind of used that as motivation, you know, inside the program these last few weeks? To be honest, I didn't have to use it. They 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 saw it. And, and and they said, Coach, we're going to turn up regardless. I say, do it. Do it. You got my permission. Turn up. Show the state that you deserve to be on those rosters. Um, you know, at times, um, these, um, these things can be political. Uh, let's not mince words. Um, you know, and it's unfortunate that 
adults' politicalness hurts kids' opportunities. And it shouldn't be that way. I think all-star teams, if 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 they're looking to to do what they're designed to do, they should have the best kids on their roster. Shouldn't be political. An all-star team stands for the best. And we have some of the best in the low country on our team. Um, and, and I'm not being arrogant. I'm not being just over the top. I'm just being straightforward. Um, and if we didn't, I would tell you the same. But I had a kid, Jamoy Brown. He was all state last year. All state. Could very well make all state again this year. Was not selected. Walker Woodall, one of the top backers in the state, not selected. You know, I got a tight end, 6'5, 230, not selected. And, and if you pull up the film on Marcus Adams, he's an absolute dog. Like, not selected. Give, give you a quick story. Had a uh, in North Carolina, my last year had a young man, and, and this is this goes to the politicalness of all star games. Had a young man that I thought should have made the Shrine Bowl, did not make the Shrine Bowl. And we're coming off a year where I had two kids in the Shrine Bowl uh, Tony Davis, who plays at Duke, and Prince Beamer, who plays at UNC Charlotte. The next year, we had no selections when I knew I had a kid that should have been selected to the Shrine Bowl. He wasn't selected to the to the East-West game. And the week before the East-West game was supposed to happen, I get a phone call. It's like, man, is this kid available? I was like, yeah, let me call him. So I called, we called him Church Boy. I called Church Boy up. I was like, I know you're upset. Would you still want to play? He was like, I don't think so, Coach. I said, well, look, do it for me and do it for your family. He went ahead, accepted the nomination to go play in the East-West game, and he, I mean, you can go look it up. He he plays in the East-West game, not original selection. He was a last-minute pick and won team MVP of the entire game. Love it. Now, how, how, how does that happen? Sure. This kid, and I'm sure if you go look up my old Facebook page or some of my old Twitter stuff, <laughs> you will see me and him holding the game ball because he won the MVP of the game. And he wasn't even selected. He, he was he was the last minute. Oh, this this kid backed out. We need you. Yeah. Like so. When, when I when I get on my soapbox and I scream to the top of my lungs for kids that have I think been looked over, um, I'm not tooting my horn for a kid that might be all right. I'm tooting my horn for kids that I know uh, can play. And it has nothing to do with kids that were selected. They're good in their own right. And I'm, I'm happy for them. My hat's off to them. I pray that every endeavor that they set their mind to and their feet to and their hands to, that they're successful at it. I, I truly do. I have a heart for these kids. But at the end of the day, my kids should have the same opportunity. Um, and I'm always going to bat for my kids period. And, and when I, when I think they're wronged, I'm, I'm going to speak up. And that's just, that's just facts of life. Well, Kevin, I don't have any more questions. You got anything else? Yeah. Last one for you, coach. Go do ahead. You feel like, do you feel like you guys are peaking at the right time now heading into the playoffs? I absolutely do. 
I think that loss at Cane Bay was uh, a life lesson for the kids. Uh, we learned a lot. You know, we we were able to see what type of character uh, these kids truly possess. Um, last week, Lucy Beckham did some things that um, were out of the ordinary that caused us to go in at halftime and kind of do a self-evaluation like, man, like, okay, we, we can't just show up and go through the motions and win ball games. So I, I think we, we've learned a lot over the, over the last week, over the past season of who we really are. And I do really believe we're peaking at the right time. And it's a, and it's one of them old tricks that my old track coach, coach Crawford taught me, you know, you don't, you don't want to peak too soon. You don't want to peak too late. Just hit it at the right time. So I, I, I do believe we're peaking at, at the perfect time. Well, this has been great. Definitely all of our listeners to go check out coach McCoy and the James Allen program on Twitter, Facebook, et cetera. They do a great job with highlights and information about the players there. Like I mentioned, I'd love for you guys to follow us, movingchange.com, moving change on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, et cetera, our podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all those places. Anything else for Coach Drill before we let him go tonight? Yeah, I just want to say congratulations on a, a great season so far. Regular season, as you guys head into the playoffs, it's, it's a really great accomplishment to win that region championship. Just a quick turnaround is a testament to you, your program, the coaches you have on staff, um, and those players, of course, that community getting behind you. Uh, it's just really awesome to see that. So definitely want to applaud you for that. And I'm uh, just really excited to see what you guys do in the playoffs. I'm a victim of it. I, I definitely did not pay attention to James Allen until we got about halfway through the season. And I was like, man, these guys are really, really good. They're making some noise down in the low country. And uh, I think you're going to some shock some folks as you progress, progress through the playoffs. And I wish you continued luck and success. I appreciate hearing that. I truly do. Coach, we really appreciate it, man. Look forward to hopefully – catching a game or seeing some point here uh, down the road in the playoffs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Appreciate well, you, Coach. You. All right. Take care.